faces a choice. This is Battleground America. Here's Tara Servatius. I keep thinking of the words of Robert Gates, Obama's former Secretary of Defense, who said Joe Biden for four decades was wrong on nearly every major foreign policy and national security decision. That's Robert Gates saying that, four decades worth. I'm happy he kept a campaign promise because he seems really, really interested in doing that. I'm just sorry for y'all the carnage left behind because he did. That's former Representative Trey Gowdy. Nails it. So did Joe Concha, a reporter with TheHill.com. Here you have the president in what is the worst moment of his presidency, of almost any presidency, and he does this speech and he runs from the podium and doesn't take any questions from the press whatsoever. So if you add it all up right now, the president of the United States, the vice president, who you, you, you probably will see her on the back of a milk carton at this point, you can't find her anywhere, and then the press secretary and Jen Psaki, they have taken zero questions on this debacle in Afghanistan. Meanwhile, I look at MSNBC yesterday and I see the Taliban spokesman taking questions before our leaders are. What does that tell you about where we are in terms of the most transparent and honest administration of all time? The Biden administration is literally reconstituting the war on terror. By that, I mean the need for it. You got to wonder if it's deliberate. By the end of the Trump administration, with the caliphate destroyed by Vladimir Putin and Donald Trump, something Barack Obama said would take generations something Trump and Putin did in nine months. Things were quiet on the Islamic terror front. The war on terror was largely over because ISIS was on the run. From time to time, we'd find them here or there, often hiding down in caves and drop a Moab on them. They were kept pretty busy until now. Throughout much of the 20-year war on terror, we'd been rounding up terrorists in Afghanistan. We had over 5,000 of them, people who were on the terror watch list. Any idea where they are right now? Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene was one of many congresspeople on a joint call with Lloyd Austin, who heads our Pentagon, Mark Milley, head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and Secretary of State Anthony Blinken when she got the answer. They let us know basically what you were hearing on the news, but there were some added details there that I find extremely disturbing. One of them is that 5,000 prisoners were released from the camp. These are known terrorists, and many of these terrorists are on the terror watch list. Um, You combine that with the wide open border that President Biden has allowed to happen at our southern border with uh, the United States and Mexico, and we have a serious national security crisis uh, that already exists for America, but now it's worse. There is no organized effort to secure the border along Mexico. And now we have 5,000 known terrorists that have been released from this disaster and this complete failure by President Biden. America is completely under threat in every single way because they will not secure our border. So I just want to make clear, I am very much pro-America first. And I believe that's that's the country that should be the main focus of this administration and every single elected member of Congress and the Senate. But that is not what we are seeing. Understand that for the left, there is no downside to a terror attack on the homeland. And only upside. The three-letter agencies that answer almost exclusively to Democrats now. And if you don't believe that, that's not just rhetoric. Take a look at the 30 subpoenas the Republican-controlled Congress leveled at the Department of Justice 
and the FBI over Russiagate. They were never filled. Subpoenas from Republicans in Congress. The FBI and Department of Justice simply didn't bother to respond. These agencies literally only answer to the Democrats, period, end of memo. A terror attack will increase funding, prestige, and most importantly, can be used to justify increased spy powers given to these agencies whose sole focus only seems to be terrorizing Trump supporters and keeping them on their heels. There's no downside to a terror attack on our homeland, which is why it doesn't phase the left at all to have terrorists on the terror watch list released haphazardly into Afghanistan with our border wide open. And that's not all. This week was the first I've heard of a resurgence of ISIS. They're fighting, apparently, according to our Secretary of State, head of our Pentagon, and our Joint Chiefs of Staff. They're fighting in Afghanistan now alongside the Taliban. What else we heard on the the call uh, I found very disturbing was at that time earlier today, it was that the Taliban had surrounded the city, but there was ISIS there as well. Now, many of us remember that President Trump had defeated ISIS. ISIS was not a, a group that we heard much or even were concerned about uh, in the past several years because President Trump and his administration and his leadership, they had done such a good job and defeated ISIS. But yet to hear on that phone call today uh, and being addressed in the situation happening in Afghanistan, that ISIS is there and that they will be coming back. how this happen? This man caused disaster? Barack Obama. That's right. Obama, you'll remember, traded the Gitmo 5 labeled, quote, hardest of the hardcore by U.S. intelligence officials who urged Obama to reconsider releasing them from Guantanamo Bay in exchange for the American traitor, Sergeant Bo Bergdahl, who got members of his unit killed when he defected and tried to join the Islamist he was supposed to be fighting. One American life worth five of theirs. But Obama told us, don't worry, Qatar was going to keep track of them. It'd be cool. They wouldn't be let out. Well, one of them is the guy who this weekend took credit for leading the reconstitution of the Taliban, gathering the forces, getting them together, training them to fight, and ultimately to retake Afghanistan. But this debacle is even bigger than the terror attacks will no doubt face from an armed caliphate where Islamists will feel protected as they train for terror attacks all over the world, as they were doing in the 40,000-strong caliphate Obama left behind. This has given the Chinese tremendous leverage over Taiwan, which they want to take by military force. They wouldn't have dared under Trump because Trump would have stopped them. Not with the military. That's not even the most effective way to do it. No, with economic sanctions. Over half of China's exports go to America. We're their largest export market. We should be calling the shots there. And we had begun to under Trump. But in the Global Times, which is the mouthpiece of the Chinese Communist Party yesterday, Communist China warned Taiwan to submit, to give up, to surrender, and to stop fighting. Even warning dissidents not to oppose them because it would be remembered. And what was their justification? The humiliation of America in Afghanistan. 
as the Chinese pointed out to leadership of Taiwan, that Joe Biden would not be coming for them. Joe Biden would not save them. And to look at how America treats its allies and the people there, like Afghanistan. Essentially, they demanded surrender or else. And they're not wrong. They know Joe, who is under their control at at a minimum through blackmail, as we've laid out many times in the podcast as we traced the transactions that were illegal that Hunter took and that Hunter says he shared with Joe at a 10, 20 or 50 percent rate, depending on the transaction. There's so much documentation of it. Um, China knows they got Joe in the bag and they're now using this to intimidate Taiwan. And that's just one set of our enemies. This is going to change the whole geopolitical game. It's huge, as Trump would say. It's that big of a disaster. But I want to wrap this podcast by taking on the big lie that Joe Biden told in his speech yesterday. And I'm not even going to repeat it. The idea that this was somehow Trump's fault. That's absolutely bizarre. There's absolutely nothing in the Afghanistan peace deal that Trump made with the Taliban, which, by the way, Joe hadn't met any of the deadlines in. The deadline to evacuate was May 1st. He blew right by it and didn't care. He wasn't under any time pressure. We could do whatever we want. We controlled Afghanistan. But there was absolutely nothing in that deal that required the abandonment of over 10,000 Americans and 30,000 loyal Afghans. He just dumped them when he pulled the forces out. Nobody rounds that up better than the Wall Street Journal in an opinion piece called Biden's Afghanistan Surrender by the editorial board. I'll read it to you. It's jarring. They write, as the Taliban closed in on Kabul, Mr. Biden sent a confirmation of U.S. abandonment that absolved himself of responsibility. This was on Saturday. Deflected blame to his predecessor and more or less invited the Taliban to take over the country. With that statement of capitulation, the Afghan military's last resistance collapsed. And the jihadist the U.S. toppled 20 years ago took Kabul. Okay, now listen to this part. Mr. Biden's Saturday self-justification exemplifies his righteous dishonesty. He said one year, five more years of military presence would not have made a difference if the Afghan military can't or won't hold the country, Biden said. But the Wall Street Journal writes the Afghans were willing to fight and to take casualties with the support of the U.S. and its NATO allies, especially air power. A few thousand troops and contractors could have done the job and prevented this route, they say. How do we know? Because shortly before he left office, the Wall Street Journal writes, Trump also withdrew U.S. forces down to a bare minimum of 2,500. Wait, we've managed to control Afghanistan peacefully with just 2,500 troops since Trump left office? Mm Mm-hmm. Because we had air superiority and tremendous technological superiority. We don't need a big footprint anymore. The debate is not to stay in Afghanistan or not to stay in Afghanistan. The debate is whether we want to want to keep 2,500 to 3,000 troops there to keep a caliphate from forming that will launch terrorists at us for generations. It's an easy answer. But Joe wanted the ticker tape parade. Joe, in time, this is what the hurry was for. This is why the uh, 10,000 Americans got left behind more than 10,000 and the 30,000 Afghanis. They just pulled all the troops out so that by... September 11th, Joe could claim he'd successfully ended the Afghan war. 
He wanted to be able to say we had none left behind. But that's not what his advisors advised him to do. The Wall Street Journal says they told him to leave a few thousand troops there. We wouldn't need any more. We had the place under control. None of this ever had to happen. The Wall Street Journal writes the Taliban had already violated its pledges under the peace deal. And Trump had violated it, too, by bombing them in response. Wall Street Journal writes Mr. Biden could have maintained the modest presence his military and foreign policy advisor suggested. He could have decided to withdraw, but had but done so based on conditions on the ground while preparing the Afghans with a plan for transition and air support. Instead, he ignored his advisor's advice and the intel on the ground and ordered a rapid and total withdrawal at the onset of the annual fighting season. That's when the Taliban flood into the country from Pakistan and other places to be in time for the symbolic target date of 9-11. Joe Biden wanted a photo op. He wanted to pimp for the cameras, or should I say primp for the cameras. Wall Street Journal concludes the result a mere four months later is the worst U.S. humiliation since the fall of Saigon in 1975. It was complete with the scramble to destroy classified documents, the helicopters evacuating U.S. diplomats, the abandonment into Taliban hands of valuable U.S. military equipment. Worst of all is the plight of the Afghans who assisted the U.S. over two decades. Don't take my word for it. Even CNN and the Washington Post are reporting it. This is actually a Washington Post reporter on CNN over the weekend. He had military advice from his secretary of defense, from his chairman of of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, to leave some force in Afghanistan at least for a while. That's right, John. And this has been planned for months. This exit was known about in Washington for a long time. And what's amazing is President Biden ran for office as the foreign policy expert, decades of service in the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. And yet look at how uh, poorly planned this seems to be right now. It is a calamity playing out hour by hour. And they're not alone. Former Assistant Secretary of State Robert Charles said essentially the same thing, defending the intel agencies who advised Biden to do exactly what Trump was doing, leave a very light footprint. We could control this country with our technology and 2,500 to 3,000 troops. So for him to blame them, has the intel community outraged as well, as Charles explained on Fox News. To see the president get on nationally and blame uh, lowly intelligence analysts who are not allowed to talk to the media, uh, who can't talk policy, uh, and then to give two premises, basically saying uh, that the Taliban uh, was to be ousted and he achieved that. Well, in 10 days, he just reachieved the opposite outcome. They're now in control again. And then to say that you'd have to put tens of thousands of soldiers in to get peace. uh, That's not what we had. Last year, Donald Trump continued to intensively negotiate for peace. We had leverage. We had a finger in the dike. We had troops on the ground. We had 10 casualties. And frankly, we've had seven casualties just trying to get out of the airport. So it's an absurdity. It's it's really a disgrace. Battleground America with Tara Servatius. Please subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Share with friends, family, and other free thinkers. Thanks for listening.